Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is the X-Zone. And, of course, we're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. 1-800-610-7035, worldwide, toll-free. Email xzone at com. On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com. And our website, com. Exxon, uh, this hour we're going to be talking to Bobby Atristein. We're going to be talking to Bobby about the Center for Paranormal Research and Investigation. And Bobby, welcome back to the Exxon. It's been some time since you've been with us. Yes, it has. Thanks a lot for having me back. Bobby, can you explain to our listeners a little bit about your background and what got you into the research and investigation of the paranormal? Um, well, as a child, I grew up in here in the U.S., mm-hmm. And there were just lots of unexplained things that, that happened. My mother would be visited by relatives that she would, at, at night, and she would find out the next day had, they had passed away. And she didn't know that at the time that she saw them. So hearing those stories growing up and from an adult um, had a profound effect on me. And I wanted to mm-hmm. approach, you know, as I got older, I wasn't right. really interested in psychics or Ouija boards and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I really wanted to apply science to it to see if it could pass the rigor which is how I came across, actually, the Toronto Ghosts and Hauntings Research Society, um, founded by Matt um, Didier up in Toronto. And he had uh, basically posted on a webpage that if you can do web design and you've got some scientific thinking, mm-hmm. we'd love for you to open a branch in your area. And Virginia, of course, um, one of the oldest states in the U.S., a lot of rich history going back to uh, pre-Revolutionary War time. Um, I thought this was the perfect place to conduct this sort of research. So back in 2000, we got a web page, and the rest is really sort of history. So we've been going on for 11 years now. So let me ask you, Bobby, how haunted is Virginia? Well, it, <laughs> it depends on who you ask. Um, we have a lot of uh, historical places throughout the state, mm-hmm. and all of them have some sort of ghost story attached to it. And for me... Um, over the years, it's not so much the thrill of the, the chase for looking for something paranormal as it is we get into the, like, the backstory of a lot of these places and get to see a lot of the historical places, uh-huh. sections that the public, the general public, doesn't get to see, which for me is fascinating because, you know, I love history. 
So that's just as rewarding for me as when we do get to go out to someone that's got a mm-hmm. private residence and they think they have, you know, something paranormal going on and being able to educate them and, right. and point out, you know, I say upwards of 97% or more of the time it's something that's logical that can be explained. But it's that 3% that, you know, I can't explain, not saying that I'll never be able to explain it, mm-hmm. but currently I can't, that keeps me going. Bobby, we've got about a minute left before I have to go to my commercial break. Do you think that we're getting closer to the answer as to what ghosts are, how they do the haunting that they do, and why they do the haunting that they do? Yes, and I think the key is going to lie in quantum mechanics. You know, quantum Mm -hmm. physics, I think that's where the answer is. All right, Bobby, stand by. You and I have to take our two-minute commercial break. We'll be back. Right after this break from our sponsors, Exo Nation, Bobby Artistine is our special guest, and uh, she is with the Center for Paranormal Research and Investigations. Her website, www.virginiaghosts.com. That's www.virginiaghosts.com. This is the Exo, my name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exo Broadcast Network. UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and our growing family of broadcast affiliates, Red Cross, Canada, the United States, the Caribbean, Central America, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. We'll be back in two minutes talking about ghosts and hauntings this hour in the X-Zone. Don't go away. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. We all desire health, happiness, and fulfillment, but often get in our own way. 
Repeated patterns that leave us out of control can keep us feeling powerless, frustrated, and unable to move forward in spite of our best efforts. Unconscious patterning disconnects us from our gifts, often destroying the very thing we seek. But there is an answer. We can take charge of our destiny and heal the trauma of our history. Shamanism is an effective ancient modality that can reconnect us with our true selves, empower the creation of our dreams, and return us to health and balance. Cody Alexander is a certified shamanic practitioner and teacher with 11 years experience. Email healingpathways33 at gmail.com or visit codyalexander.net to schedule a long-distance shamanic session today. And welcome back, everyone. Talking about ghosts this hour. The Center for Paranormal Research and Investigation. Bobby Artisnin is our special guest. Bobby, when was the first time you yourself had an encounter with a ghost? Well, I guess I was a kid, and, I, and I'm thinking probably it was in the mid-'80s, so mm-hmm. probably 10, 11, 12, something like that. And... um we were at my grandmother's house, um, and we were downstairs watching television a normal Saturday night. Right. And we all heard someone come in the upstairs, which we assumed was, um, we were with my great-grandmother, we assumed it was my grandmother coming home, because you could hear the carport door open, mm-hmm. close, footsteps across the kitchen floor upstairs, and it approached the, the door that went downstairs, the doorknob turned, and then it stopped. And so we thought this was weird because if it had been, you know, my grandmother, and if she would have forgotten something, for instance, she would have told us, so we wouldn't be freaked out as if someone were trying to break in. And we went upstairs a few minutes later, and no one was there. The door was locked. Um, we asked my grandmother the next day, did you come in and forget something? And she said no. Um, and what was interesting is that my two uncles were still living at home. They were still teenagers. And during about a month period of time, Everyone in that house experienced the same thing to the point that one of my uncles actually thought someone was trying to break in and got a gun and ran upstairs and thought he was going to confront someone coming in. We're not sure why that happened, and it, and it doesn't happen um, now, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for a month or so period of time, it happened where everyone heard it. And we didn't think ghost when we heard that. We just thought, well, someone's coming in. And then we just thought it was weird when no one you know, went downstairs when everyone was actually there. So for me, things like that, where I had my sister, myself, and my my great-grandmother, we all heard it, and then other members of the family hearing the exact same thing, um, you know, made me start thinking about, well, you know, and, and along with the stories from my mother, you know, being visited by deceased relatives, there's, there's something to this, because we're, you know, we're not a crazy family, we don't do drugs, you know, this is just, you know, and it wasn't a big deal to us. Mm-hmm. We weren't freaked out by it. It was kind of like, okay, that was weird. Just go on. You know, we didn't dwell on it. We weren't didn't think something was going to come through the TV. There wasn't an evil spirit. Um, because back then, as well, you didn't have the proliferation of all the stuff that you do now on television. For people, we get a lot of requests from uh, homeowners who have something strange happen or think they've had something strange happen, and they're completely freaked out that, you know, Satan's living in their home and, you know, they're all going to die and, and things like that. It's just Unreal. Things like that never never occurred yeah. to me. Bobby, would you say that television either is an asset or a hindrance to legitimate ghost investigators like you? 
It's, I mean, really, it's both. Um, definitely the increase of, we, we get a lot more cases now. Mm-hmm. However, the, the caliber of those cases have gone down. I mean, one thing with it being on television, um, you do get people that maybe had experienced things but didn't know that, you know, there were actual paranormal researchers out there that they could contact. Um, but on the other hand, now everyone either wants a ghost because they want to be on TV or they, you know, they, they think everything, they, they don't look for the logical. And we are affiliated with the TAPS family. Mm-hmm. And so every time that Ghost Hunters does a new show, um, any cases they get in Virginia for a certain section of Virginia get referred to us directly. And so a lot of time now, if people find out, well, Jason and Grant aren't going to come with TV cameras, they're just, you know, not interested. And the other half of the cases are ones that, you know, people are just, they really want a ghost. The, the one positive thing for this is it's gotten us into some historical places that maybe we wouldn't have gotten into before because after watching what they, what they do on Ghost Hunters, they can see it's not a bunch of kooky people with Ouija boards and, you know, psychics, things like that. So they have allowed us to conduct investigations, which has been very fruitful. But those kooky um, people the, are still out there doing what you yeah, should be doing. Yeah, yeah, they are. And the other... The other problem with the TV shows is whereas for a long time we were the only paranormal research um, group in Virginia now, I can't even tell you how many there are. And a lot of those are what I call ghost enthusiasts. Yeah. They want to see a ghost. They're not really interested in the serious research and they apply zero scientific method to their research. Um, you know, you look at their pages and there's dust and it's, you know, they say it's the spirit of, you know, they, they, they know all about this, this piece of dust and its former life and it, you know, it scary. Me up. It's, it's um, scary. And, and, and infuriates me, too. Yeah. Bobby, let's say you, you're, uh, your organization is called by a homeowner. How do you proceed? Well, we have a three-step process. So the first thing that happens, I look to see, we've got the state divided mm-hmm. up into different regions, and I have lead investigators that live in each of those regions. So it gets referred. I, all cases come to me. I refer them to the lead investigator for that region. They will usually do a phone call and talk to them, and that's you know kind of trying to gauge you know what's happening, make sure they're not totally insane. Yeah. Looking into a few those. So you've you know, got, make you, sure that it sounds legitimate. So you've got a screening process. Um, we absolutely, yeah. and and then there's a second step. Um, where a small team that's local goes out there for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Once again, you're looking to make sure they're not watching Stephen King 24-7 or Ghost Adventures or some of those folks and, and that there's something legitimate. And if it seems to be legitimate, we also um, give out a couple of uh, basic psychological tests, which are designed to see are you more likely to look for a paranormal explanation versus a logical explanation, that kind of stuff. Um, for all the principal witnesses, 95% of our investigations do not make it past that stage because the last the last step is the all night or all you know all day whatever whenever the activity is occurring, setting up surveillance and basically doing a surveillance of the area, which is what people are accustomed to seeing on television. But 95% of the cases never make it to that because they don't pass muster on the first two steps. What would be the criteria for you to commence a full-blown investigation? Well, one of the things, we, first of all, the people need to be credible. Um, if the people, um, 
if it seems to be as predictable, the activity is somewhat predictable, if it's something that they say it happens twice a year mm-hmm. and it's already happened three times, you know, we look for some sort of predictability. One thing that we get people to do from the very first contact is to start keeping a log and to note when things happen and to note things like weather, what were you doing, trying to look to see if there's a pattern that maybe they are not aware of if they're not, take, if they're not you know, noting mm-hmm. it down. And based on those things, we really, if it's something that seems like it happens on a regular enough occasion that we would be able to, especially now with the economy and gas prices yeah. being so expensive, I mean, everyone, none of us get paid for this. It's all volunteer. It's, it's all of our money for traveling. Um, it's really got to be something that we think will end up being fruitful. Are children more susceptible to paranormal activity than adults are? Um. Well, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, there's definitely that theory that up to the age of seven, mm-hmm. kids um, have the ability to see things that we can't because of, the, you know, brain development timeline, that kind of thing. Um, and so I'm not really sure. I mean, we had, for instance, because they say the same thing about animals, and we, and we do have a child psychologist, a lady um, who's a lifelong school administrator who's got a degree in um, child psychology, that we bring in if there are certain cases where children are involved. And we also had a lady who was experienced with animal psychology. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of, because they always say, oh, my dog or cat does this and that. And then on the cases that we brought the animal specialist in, the, when the dog was acting freaky, it was because they knew the kennel was downstairs and they didn't want to get in the kennel. It had nothing to do with Casper in the basement. It was the, you know, not loving the kennel. Right. So we haven't found in, in our research that either that panned out to be to be true in the cases we've investigated. How often do you go to a, a residence, you're there setting up your investigation, and bang, something of the paranormal nature starts without you folks being ready? Um, that probably happens uh, quite a few times, especially recently. Um, we were investigating a house, a private residence, a very mm-hmm. old house, in the western part of the state, and as we were setting up our gear, the door starts vibrating violently, and everyone sees it, and there's no logical reason. There's no, they're not near a railroad track. There wasn't an earthquake. Um, they, they couldn't duplicate it after it stopped. And, of course, not a single camera had been hooked up yet. And the rest of the night, uh, nothing happened. Oh, gosh. They, you know, they stayed there and surveilled the area for, you know, the next six hours. And we had something similar. We read an old theater, which was just massive, movie theater. And we just didn't have enough cameras to cover every place. We did cover every place that the owner told us was a hot spot. Mm-hmm. And as an afterthought, one of the employees said, you need to look at the ladies' bathroom. That I always get creeped out in the ladies' bathroom. So we put a camera, but we didn't have a port to plug that into the DVR, but we could view it. And sure enough, the only action that happened that night was the door in the ladies' bathroom that we could see, we could view, but we weren't recording, opening and closing on its own. So it seems that uh, if there are spirits, they're very elusive. Are are certain countries more uh, certain? I'm I'm sorry. Are certain areas of the United States more haunted than other parts, or does this depend on the history? It depends on the population. Are, are there any common threads? Well, what I've noticed in Virginia, um, if you were to look at population base, assuming that the larger the population, the more case requests we would get, and this is like before the TV, all that stuff kind of hit, um, 
in Virginia, you would have assumed that I would have gotten the most cases from the D.C. area, outside of Washington, D.C., and then from the Virginia Beach area, because that's our two largest population centers in the state. However, what I found, and this has been pretty consistent over the 11 years or so, is that we actually get more cases from western Virginia in the mountains and the Virginia Beach area. Um, and so for me, it makes me think that somehow geology is involved because mm-hmm. you have the mountains in, west, in, in the western part of the state and you have uh, the beach with water, which everyone says you know, water has some impact. Right. What I can tell you about western Virginia is those folks in that you know, Appalachian Mountains seem to ghosts are a part of their culture. And I've talked to many people that have, you know, for generations grew up in, in the mountains, and they say, you know, having a ghost in your house is like having a family dog. Like, you just don't talk about it. It's not a big deal. Bobby, stand by. I've no got to take my news break. It. We'll be back on the other side. Our special guest is Bobby Atristine. She is with the Center for Paranormal Research and Investigation website, virginiaghost.com. We'll be back after the news. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Bobby or Tristine is our special guest of this hour, Exxon Nation. She's with the uh, Center for Paranormal Research and Investigation. The website is virginiaghost.com. 
Bobby, are there more? Are, are there some people that are more susceptible to seeing ghosts than others? Um, yeah, I, I, I believe so. Um, and one of the one of the tests that we when people come to us and say mm-hmm. they're experiencing paranormal phenomena, we administer uh, it's a test that was put together by a group of uh, psychology psychologists um, back in the nineties, I think, called the Magical Ideation Scale. And it seems that people that score highly on that are more likely to, to look for a paranormal explanation than a logical one. In my research, and this is just something that I noticed, you know, doing case after mm-hmm. case, and then when I would meet with fellow researchers from other parts of the, of the U.S., and I find the same thing. And so I actually wrote a book about it a few years ago called Haunted People, Haunted Minds, and it seems to me that a lot of people that experience paranormal phenomena throughout their lives not only experience, you know, ghosts and Casper, but also have had alien experiences, Bigfoot encounters, and oftentimes some sort of divine, you know, angels or, mm. or something like that throughout their lives. And it seems that a great deal of those people um, experience some sort of trauma during childhood, um, be it, you know, the, the loss of a parent, something profound like mm-hmm. that, or, or sexual abuse, but something major happened to them during childhood, and it was right after that traumatic experience that they had their first paranormal experience, and it's carried with them throughout, you know, adulthood. Um, so I don't know why. I don't know if there's something in, has something to do with brain development, you know. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Or if because of this traumatic experience, people will want to look towards fantasy than reality to explain things. I'm not sure. What is the most scary case that you yourself have worked on? Well, I'll tell you, um, we actually just finished up. um, We are the official paranormal research organization for Mickey Tavern, um, which is in Charlottesville, Virginia. It's just down the street from Monticello, Thomas Jefferson's home. Mickey Tavern dates back to the 1700s. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of history there. Best fried chicken in the U.S. in the South. I'll give you that best food ever. Um, and they wanted us to come out because they had had some, you know, people, staff talk about having paranormal experiences. Everything from you know stuff in their gift shop flying off the wall to hearing footsteps and things like that. And they just thought, well, it'd be kind of cool if you guys check this out. So we've actually been out there a few times and. The last time we were out there, I had two grown men, six foot plus, come running back into the uh, to the tavern where we had kind of our mission control, mm-hmm. because everyone had heard, and this was five or six people, had heard footsteps walk down the stairs, which were right beside of them, heard, you know, the weight shift on one of the stairs, but yet there was no one there. And throughout the night, we actually um, tried the old flashlight trick where you ask a question, and see if they'll turn on the flashlight to respond. And we have this on video. It's going to be posted um, onto our YouTube channel very shortly um, where we are asking questions, and the flashlight is responding on demand, like clockwork, to questions it wants to answer yes to, which was very interesting. We tried to duplicate that by stomping around, like if someone stomping or is there something that's causing this but when you when you see the video and I'm, I've got to get mm-hmm. that posted quickly you can see that it, it doesn't answer yes to all the questions just certain ones all right let me ask um, you if, if a ghost fit- if a ghost is translucent is not made of mass how can a flashlight go on and off I have no idea I mean I I have no idea 
um, it's just very interesting to see that. And was it a ghost, mm-hmm. or was it perhaps someone that was in the room, you know, some kind of psychotelekinesis? I don't know. I do not have the answer to that. But I found it very interesting, the answers that it, the, the answers it gave to the questions we were asking. Um, and then everyone, I actually wasn't in the, the way the tavern set up. You had the original tavern, which used to serve as a guest house and, and, and bar and that kind of thing back in the 1700s. And then they've actually built um, a newer facility beside of it, which actually is where they serve the food today. With the flashlight going on and off, which we could view, we had a, a monitor where we could view this. The One of the owners of the tavern was with me. I didn't want to leave her in there by herself because she was um, she was getting, uh, I think, a little apprehensive. So mm-hmm. I wanted to stay with her and not leave her alone. And since everyone else was in the, the original house, watching this and they were the ones that heard the footsteps um the footsteps for me you know at the flashlight it's interesting it was it's definitely interesting i can't explain it right now we tried we tried to find out if some if there was some sort of vibration is there any kind of pattern for this and we can't um but the footsteps for sure five i think it's five or six people in there getting ready to leave i mean actually we were they were all lining up to get mm-hmm. ready to go out the front door and they hear someone come downstairs, and they actually thought it was my husband. He's also a member of the group. Maybe he'd gone upstairs, and he was coming down, and, and they hear these steps coming down the stairs, and there's no one. And my husband, ironically, had come back to where I was, so he wasn't even in the original house. Why are, why are people so enthralled with ghosts still? You know, uh, you know it, it's like, geez... It reminds me of the old CB clubs of the 60s, people hunting down ghosts. Uh, well, you know, what's the aim? What's the, what's the object of these investigations? Because they're not, they're not recognized by any scientific institution. So why do you guys do this? Right. Well, I can tell you the reason that my group does this is hopefully to, to somehow get in some sort of data collected uh-huh. in a manner um, that we could present to a scientific, um, you know, the University of Virginia, for instance, still does quasi-parapsychology stuff in their abnormal uh-huh. psychology unit right. to have an actual serious university take a look at this. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, um, a lot of the people that you see, I'm afraid it's just thrill. It's thrill-seeking. It's an adrenaline rush, What kind? What, what kind of What kind of formal training do does your group have uh, as far as credentials are concerned to classify yourselves as well, paranormal researchers well first of all we don't claim to be experts or professionals okay uh-huh. um we have people from all walks of life um people psychology teachers i'm a you know big time computer geek um we have police officers um we actually do have some scientists all kind all walks of life and the one thing that brings us together um, versus other groups is that everyone has agreed to look at this and try to ga- um, garner empirical evidence and be careful when we do collect evidence that there's some sort of chain of custody. So if we ever were to get something that we could take to UVA, um, that we could assure that it hadn't been tampered with. Um, not you know not going into the psychics and mm-hmm. mediums and that kind of stuff. We're just not into that. We want to look for some sort of tangible evidence. Um, you know, ideally, we would find something we could take to a lab and reproduce. 
but that's I don't think that's going to happen, at least where it turns out to be something supernatural. And that's the other thing. Most of us don't care if in ghosts in the sense of Casper, the spirits of the deceased, if that exists or not. doesn't matter. Um, what's fascinating to me is this phenomena that right now we don't understand exactly how it happens. I think it's fascinating. And it doesn't matter that, that there's a formula or it's something to do with quantum mechanics. To me, it's still just fascinating um, just just the way that it, it works. That's what's fascinating to me. Um, the belief in, I don't need to have a belief in some other spirit world or, or whatever. That's, that doesn't play in um, for me personally. Everyone in the group has their own, you know, opinions on that, but you check them at the door. Why do so many ghosts hang around bars, pubs, and places where people get sloshed? Well, you know, I think that if you look at the the theory that ghosts are spirits of the deceased, you know, you're going to hang around places you hung around in life. Yeah, but you just said and, you don't. You um, don't. You, you, wait a sec. You just said that you don't go for that. I personally don't. don't All go right. For that so let, let's. But, let's. I'm talking to you now personally. Why do, is it that you think, based on what you believe, that there are so many ghosts that are reported to hang around bars? I really. I have only investigated a couple of mm-hmm. places that were bars. So from my experience, I haven't noticed that they hang out in bars, at least in Virginia, any more than other places. So where, where would you say most of the... Yeah, where would you say that most of the places that are where the ghosts hang out are? It's their former residences. It's not the cemetery. Mm-hmm. It's, it's their... A lot of it's former... It's where they lived, and not necessarily the house, but um, the place, the land. There seems to be a connection to the actual place. Um, that they that they spent their lives. Is that why? And that's why I think there's a lot of. Go under. I was going to say that's why I think a lot of mental hospitals are. All, there is a higher percentage, I think, of probably mental hospitals that are haunted, because um, you had a lot of people, especially back in the day, that that's that's where they lived. What about the ghosts that apparently are seen on the uh, on the um, where the Battle of Gettysburg was fought? Well, you know, for that, uh, you have to kind of think um, the energy there. I mean, I don't know if those those apparitions or the things that are seen, if those actually have any intelligence or if that's some sort of, like, trapped energy. Because especially Gettysburg, one of the more horrific battles of the Civil War here in the U.S., um, a lot of energy. And at that point in the war, you had a lot of, you know, there weren't men. I mean, when you say men that were fighting, a lot of them were teenagers, were kids. Mm-hmm. They were going out there, at least on, I can tell you from the Confederate side, they were starving, miserable, and to be out there and just to be taken out in the prime of your life, and this is for a lot of them a big part of what they had known, um, I don't, there's just a lot of energy. You how know? Ca- how can we you want to go with yeah. the theory that ghosts are, are dead people, then maybe they don't know they're dead, if you want to go with that theory. How come we don't hear ghost stories about Vietnam, Korea, uh, Iraq, pa- Afghanistan? Why is it that the only ghost well, stories that we hear about are from the historic sites that end up being tourist uh, spots? There are ghost stories in those places. We just don't hear about them here in the States. I know my husband um, was in Iraq, mm-hmm. and he actually, one of the places he stayed was an old prison, and, and that place was haunted. I mean, they, there are ghost stories from there, but we don't hear them. 
you know, we don't hear about them maybe because of the language barrier. I don't know. And, I mean, one thing that I've always also said um, is why why are there no, like, you know, the Neanderthal ghosts? Why don't exactly. I see the, uh, the cavemen ghosts? Yeah. Where are they? You know, I, I understand that. So does this mean that there is a definite connection between the person who was having the experience and their beliefs and their and their perception as well as their mental ability? Um, I definitely think that they're per- the person that is that is viewing or experiencing this, I think their perception mm-hmm. and everything they bring with it definitely plays into it because you could have one apparition, for instance, and one person may see a demon and another person may see an angel. Depends on, and then they would see the same thing. It's just it's it is perception, and, and each person with their history and their beliefs brings that with them, and that's why we do uh, extensive interviews with everyone, trying to figure out where they're coming from. Because um, basically, when we do an investigation, at least initially, we're we're working with anecdotal evidence. Please don't take this wrong, but who checks out the sanity of the researchers? <laughs> that's an excellent question. Um, and you know, uh, we've actually had a couple of researchers that have proven to be not so, uh, not so sane <laughs> and they, uh, they leave the organization. Um, and we don't actually go through, we ourselves do not go through a battery of psychological tests, but we do, uh, background checks, criminal background checks. We get employee, their current employment, um, for references. There's also a three month probation period where you have to do certain, uh, complete certain requirements such as I think it's two preliminary on-site investigation and one full-scale investigation um, with a recommendation from your regional director, and then it goes before the membership at large for a vote. So there is a trial period and there's some background research done, but you're right. Um, And we have had um, a couple of members that look to be upstanding, but uh, due to some actions that they took, you know, and it was within our group, nothing to do with our clients, Mm -hmm. but um, were found to be maybe not as sane as we thought. You never know. You never know. Bobby, stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Exonation, if you'd like more information, uh, Bobby has a great website, www.virginiaghosts.com. Ghosts. Hmm. You know, I, I've been I've been out on so-called ghost investigations, and you know what, Bobby? I hate to say it, but it seemed as if they were there was a lot of giggling there was a lot of laughing there was a lot of spoofing between the members of the different organizations i walked away from that saying you guys are worse than kids and i'm not talking about your organization please yeah you know i it has nothing to do with you folks and i think that this is why so many people when it comes to ghost researchers they don't take them serious because they're you know they're they, they, it's, it's like a, a hobby for them. You know, like, let's get out on a Saturday night, go chase a ghost, have some laughs, and then we go have a few beers later. Stand by. We've got to take our final break. We'll be back on the other side. Once again, www.virginiaghost.com. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. 
For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation, whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials. How we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Well, next on, we've been talking about Ghosts This Hour, hauntings, and, uh, Barbara Tristine, I'm sorry, Bobby Tristine from the um, Center for Paranormal Research and Investigations. Her website is virginiaghost.com, has been kind enough to be with us. And Bobby, there are a number of credible groups out there like yours. Unfortunately, it's the ones who do it haphazardly, who do it for fun, are, are ruining it for the people like yourself who do it with science in mind. If somebody is planning on calling a paranormal organization because they truly believe that there is paranormal activity happening within their home, what questions should they ask, and what are some of the red flags that they should look for? That's a great question, um, and I think that's important considering the proliferation of mm-hmm. ghost enthusiasts um, that, that are ha- that's happening right now. One thing I would do is check out their website and see if they have credible bios so you'll know the kind of people that are, that are in this organization. Um, when you speak to them, find out what sort of screening process. For instance, everyone in my group um, goes through a Virginia State Police uh, background check to make sure they're, they're not wanted criminals, and that's also a requirement for TAPS now. We were doing it before TAPS um, wanted it because I don't want people knowing where I live because a lot of times we meet at my house if they're, not, if, if they're crazy kind of thing. Um, I would also look at the kind of evidence they post on their website. They are posting those ghost pictures and then claiming that, you know, they know the whole the whole past life of this piece of dust. That should be a red flag. Um, but the big thing is, to, and 
to make sure that, um, you know, they look like they're professional. The websites, a lot of times, a big giveaway um, as to how professional the group is. Um, see if, look at the kind of evidence that they posted. Mm-hmm. Do they get back with you right away? What kind of things are they asking you? Are they even asking you any questions to see if you're legitimate or they just want to come to your house? Because that should be another big red flag. And if someone walks into your home and says right away, there's a ghost and I can see it, or you've got a demon, or they want money, mm-hmm. those are huge red flags because there are a lot, especially here in the U.S. and Canada, a lot of groups that do this, they're nonprofit. They will not charge you a dime, you know. So someone that's asking money or someone that's promising to get that they can get rid of a spirit for you, big red flag. <laughs> One big final quick flag. question, uh, Bobby: Psychics during ghost investigations. What's your opinion of it? I just think it's all crap. Personally, <laughs> I'm not into psychics. Yeah. I'm sorry. I have not had a psychic yet, and I've met tons of them that said they were psychic that um that could give me anything that couldn't be you know anything that could that that they couldn't have known ahead of time or that they couldn't pick up from some sort of cold reading or something uh not met that psychic personally yet that convinced me that they had powers beyond that of your average person bobby i want to thank you ever so much for joining us always a great pleasure talking to keep up the great work my dear you are a light in a group in an area of the paranormal that needs more shining, and if anybody can do it, you can. Take care of yourself, Bobby. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Well, that's it for tonight, everyone. We'll be back, to uh, let's see, Monday night as once again we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. So, have a great weekend. Happy, uh, let me see, Labor Day weekend, and we'll see you. Bye-bye now.